It's time for another episode of the Core Extra Podcast. So good hearing everybody. So good to be back in studio. How's everybody going? Good. We have the studio audience here. We have the newly fresh painted studio here. I don't even know what what color that is. I have to I have to put that on Twitter or Instagram because I don't even know what color this is, but it's looking good. Anyway, so good to be back in the studio. I am flying solo today. As I'm recording this, it's on Thursday. I don't, um, and I'm recording solo because Steve is in Philadelphia, partially on assignment and partially doing a little vacation, a little getaway. He found some cheap airline tickets and just decided to fly up to Philadelphia. But I will tell you, I talked to him earlier today, and no, he hasn't been to the Rocky Steps yet. Are you kidding me? You know, I told him he has to go to the Rocky Steps and do a podcast from the steps or at least run up the steps. Right. I mean, who goes to Philly and not done and not and and doesn't do that. Right. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see when he gets back. He has a lot of information to bring back. I think he went to a bunch of good um, eating places while he was up there. So uh, I'm eager to hear about that, because when I think of Philly, of course, the first thing I think of is the Philly cheesesteak. Well, that's not true. First thing I think of right now is the Philadelphia Eagles because I picked them in my pool, my football pool. But usually the first thing I think about is the Philly cheesesteak. And I had a Philly cheesesteak once in Philadelphia. And it is different. It is different there. I don't know what the secret is. Maybe Steve can tell us that. But it doesn't taste like the Philly cheesesteaks you get anywhere else. That's like eating... um, ribs in Kansas city, right? Or eating those beignets down in new Orleans at the cafe du Mont. you know, it's, it's just a whole different taste when you get it right from the source. But uh, anyway, Steve's going to come back with some of that information and hopefully he can give us a guide up there. But what have we been up to? It seems like forever. We have, we've not been on here. Uh, of course we had our Vegas trip. We were out in Vegas um, from the 14th, I think to the 17th and I'm getting my days mixed up because we've been so busy doing a lot of other stuff with the podcast, which you'll be hearing about. But, um, yeah, Vegas was great again. I mean, and I can't, I can't mention Vegas without mentioning the El Cortez hotel. I mean, the El Cortez hotel treats not only us, but they treat everybody speaking. Frankly, they treat everybody like they're VIPs. I mean, this is an extremely hospitable hotel. They take care of you. They get you everything you need. Um, the, the, the location is great. It's about a block from the Fremont street experience. And, uh, you can, you can, you can walk out of the hotel and be on Fremont street in literally like three minutes. It's not a long walk. It's a hot walk. Cause I mean, it was a hundred degrees every day we were there, but, um, you can walk right there and get on Fremont street and enjoy yourself. So not only the location is great, but the amenities are great there as well. And I'm saying this because, uh, not to do a commercial for the El Cortez, but 
they really go out of their way to make you comfortable and they, they really go out of their way to accommodate uh, everybody. And I had to give them a shout out because they're great. It's the L Cortez, the two words, E L second word, C O R T E Z. If you're going out there and if you like staying down on Fremont street, this is not on the strip. This is downtown old Vegas on Fremont street where all the action is the real action, not the tourist action. You get locals down there. You get tourists, obviously me, Steve, but you get a lot of locals down there and it is truly a good experience. And not only that, some of the offbeat attractions that are on Fremont street are right there because you're in the El Cortez, you know, um, Somebody asked me, well, why not stay up on Fremont Street? Well, because it's too loud. I mean, we can hear everything until four in the morning at our hotel. So I can't imagine staying on Fremont, but it doesn't keep you up. I mean, you're in Vegas. You're not there to go there to go to sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, um, although I will tell you, uh, Steve and I were like old dudes one day because we had to go back and chill out in a room for a few hours because you know, your timing is all off being three hours behind. So we had to go back and chill, chill out. We felt, you know, I don't want to say we took a nap, but we just went, let's just say we went back and chilled out. Right. But, um, I think the last, um, our last podcast actually was on, um, was about an Uber ride with a lady named Kim. And if you have not checked that out, it's our September 17th episode. Well, there's two on there from the 17th. Uh, one with Noel and one with Kim check out both of those, but man, that one, uh, that one with Kim is crazy. You never know who gets in your, <laughs> gets in your car. Uh, that was worth checking out. Um, if you're an Uber rider, you want to listen to that one too, because she handled herself well in a, in what could have been a dicey situation, but nobody got hurt or anything, but check it out. It's good. It's called Uber ride with Kim, September 17th episode. We didn't do as many as we wanted to do out there. Um, we were out there doing the like three or four days when we left Vegas, I think it was going to be two days to the area 51 raid or quote unquote party. And we were trying to weasel our way into that. Uh, we wanted to, we wanted to get some, uh, close up action. And of course we were invited out there. Everybody was invited out there. Um, but we were considering staying, a little overtime just to see what would happen. But I'm kind of glad we didn't because it just turned out to be a drink fest, <laughs> you know, which you can, which you can see in Vegas anytime. So it just became an excuse to go out in the desert and drink and, but, um, which was okay. I mean, that's fine. But, um, we thought we were going to get some close up stuff and get behind the scenes of some intricate, you know, quotation air quotes raid on area 51. I mean, let's face it. I wanted to see an alien. You know what I mean? I wanted to get an alien on the podcast. That's what I wanted to do. Wouldn't that have been cool if they'd have like let loose some aliens, but they might let loose that one that was in, what is it called? Uh, the day the earth stood still. Can you imagine if all of these people were raiding out there and some guy walked out and just said, Klatu barada nikto. That would freak everybody out. Everybody would be running. <laughs> no. Maybe that's what the Air Force, that should be their defense mechanism next time it happens. Because I can guarantee you they're probably going to do this every year. You know what I mean? I mean, it's probably going to go on every year. 
So what else has been going on? Oh, I will tell you, there's been a big change at the top here at the uh, Core Extra podcast. We are now a part of Core Extra Media Limited, right? Core Extra Media Limited uh, is an LLC that uh, specializes in bringing you original content from across the web. Easy for me to say, right? So we are going to be bringing um, different type of original content, uh, not only podcasts, but maybe some visual stuff, some, some video things. And we're getting into that. And we have a couple of, um, other features that we're putting together, uh, behind the scenes, Steve and I are putting together. That's part of the reason he's in Philadelphia. So, uh, we're just trying to expand and still have a good time and, and still, um, keep in touch with everybody. Uh, I've met some great people on, um, on, um, social media. If you, if you talk, if you're thinking about getting in the podcast, let me tell you this, let me do a quick uh, ad here. I don't think it's really an ad, but if you're thinking about getting in the podcast, you know, of course you, um, you're doing the, the right thing now by listening, listening to various podcasts, various styles. Everybody has their own style. I don't think any are better than the other or worse than the other, but, um, everybody has their own style. So pick your style and, and, um, go from there. But what I'm getting to is you're also going to have to get a uh, network around you, a network of other podcasters. And I've been on there, Steve and I've been networking with various different people. And I do not want to give, um, names out to, to all of them because I will forget somebody. (laughs) Okay. But if you go on to our, uh, Twitter, you can see who I follow core extra podcast. You can see who, who we follow who follows us I'm just, all that's available and you can kind of work it out from there. Again, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to slight anybody, which is the only reason I'm not naming everybody. But the bottom line is there's a good core group of people that I've, I've found, and I'm sure there's others, but that I found, which, um, really help you out. So that's a good place to start. It's plenty on there and you may find some people that are, that you fit better in with and that I don't fit with and vice versa. So it's okay. It's a lot of people on there to help you out and give you a lot of tips because it's hard sometimes to, to know what you sound like. Even if you listen back because you already know, you already know the intent behind what you're saying. But when you, but when people that don't know the intent and everything, and they're just listening to the words you say, they give you some good feedback. So get on there. If you're going to start a podcast, get on there or DM me or something. And, uh, I'll tell you who I'm dealing with. Okay. So look, I've seen a ton of movies lately and I'm only going to spend time on the latest one that I've seen, which is, uh, Gemini man with Will Smith. But there's a few others I want to talk to you guys about real quick because, uh, look, that's why we're here. Talk about movies, right? All right. So, the movie I saw before Will Smith, Gemini Man, was that movie Goldfinch. <sighs> well, you know, I like art house movies. I like different movies. Uh, uh, you know, I like movies that are outside of my favorite genres. So I tried to give this one a go, but it was just too long. Too long means too slow. Story could have unfolded a lot quicker. It dragged on and on. It was more like a lifetime movie on a Saturday afternoon for me. 
Um, but it was just too much for me. I couldn't handle Goldfinch. I also saw Hustlers with, um, who was Jennifer Lopez is in it. Cardi B is in it. Uh, I think Lizzo was even in that too. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out, but you know the deal. Um, what was Hustlers like? Um, I guess they say it was based on a true story or based on actual events, which I'm not sure what the difference. Well, I am sure what the difference of that is, but, uh, you know, it was like hustle. The, the, the strippers make good, but it just came across as an empty empowerment film to me. I guess we were supposed to get behind these ladies that were quote unquote hustlers and they got empowered to do some things. And, but it was just oversold to me in part oversold in part undersold, you know? Uh, so it didn't do it for me. I wasn't. So those two were rough for me to sit through <laughs> quite frankly. And both of them was, was, was not unlike things I've seen before, but let me get the one I really liked. Uh, the good boys, that Seth Rogen vehicle with the, with the three boys there. I think they're like 12 years old and they're going to a kissing party. I have to tell you, I haven't laughed that hard at a movie this year or in a long time, really. And it is totally, totally 100% inappropriate. And for that reason, I laughed all the way through it, all the way to the last, last scene. Um, for me, it was like a throwback movie when it was just what they used to call them. Ribald comedy comedy. Am I saying that word right? R I B A L D. Does anybody know? Does anybody know how to say that? <laughs> One guy raises his hand. He looks like he's, um, you know, 22. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know what that means. I'm not even going to get him up here, but, uh, good boys is good. You want good, empty fun, which is why we all started going to the movies, right? to escape and have fun. And that's my good escape movie this year. I also saw, uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Well, I, look, I'm not a fan of the fast and furious. You know, I just can't watch all of those shots of people shifting gears and pushing the clutch in. <laughs> I just can't do it. Um, but I'm partially biased on that. Cause I'm not a car guy, you know, I'm not a, Oh, I got to have an eight, eight cylinder Mustang GT. And, you know, I, I was just never that guy. You know, it was a guy that I grew up with down the street from me who lived on my street. That was a car guy. And then another guy that lived up the street from me, he was a car guy. He used to put together those, uh, I don't even know if they do this anymore, but you could buy like these kits and you glue them together. And then the car sits there on the mantelpiece. And he used to show those to us. And I thought, man, I never saw the point in that. I mean, that seems like a lot of work. Why don't they just put the car in the box and you open it up and there it is. But you built this car from scratch, I guess. But it wasn't my thing. So I'm kind of biased against Hobbs and Shaw and Fast Furious anyway. Actually, actually, the only Fast and Furious movie I've seen from beginning to end is the last one. What is it? Fate of the Furious? Is that what it was? Fate? Yeah, Fate of the Furious. That was the last one I saw all the way through. And Charlize Theron, of course, added, had another good performance. I mean, she played her part well, but everything else was kind of cookie cutter. So, so I'm biased there. It made a lot of money. So everybody liked it. I mean, I'm a big rock fan and, and, uh, but the chemistry with him and Jason Statham are just cookie cutter cliche and forced. And it's my opinion. I mean, you know, 
I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying this is how it came along to me. Came, this is how it came off to me. Uh, oh, I did go see uh, Rambo Last Blood, right? Rambo, man, can you believe, like, the first time we saw Rambo? And I'm just going off the top of my head here. It has to be something like uh, 84, 5, 6. And now here it is, 2019 <laughs> Rambo. And this one is called Rambo Last Blood. Like, this is going to be the last Rambo film. Wink, wink. Uh, depending on how it does. And I guess it's doing okay. I haven't really checked on it, but um, it was all right. You know, the story was kind of lazy and unnecessarily grim in parts. I mean, I mean, how much can Rambo take at this point? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it's not like we needed a bunch of new misery to root for him either. You know, I mean, Rambo's been around and been through hell and friends have died and people have died. He's killed up a bunch of people. That's one thing I would like to know who killed more people, Rambo or Freddie, Jason. But anyway, um, you know, it was Stallone and it was Rambo. I mean, that's what you can say. If you like Stallone and you like Rambo, and you should check it out. I mean, I liked the first couple of Rambo movies, so I was interested to see how this one was. And it was kind of, like I say, it was kind of a lazy story. I mean, it was kind of predictable, but, um, you know, um, it was okay. I'll just put it like that. It was okay. It wasn't, wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. But I had fun watching it. Be, but more like a nostalgic fun, though. You know what I mean? But, uh, okay. That brings us to uh, Gemini Man. I went to a screening of that, right? Right here in Cincinnati, there's a cinema that uh, is nice enough to get, give us some pre-screenings. Like I say, I'm recording this Thursday. So by the time this, this comes out, some of you have already seen it. All right, Will Smith is back on the screen in an action thriller, which is where I like him. I'm not even going. I'm not even going to talk about Aladdin, or or. But I did like him in, in in that one where he was a con man. If somebody can think of the name of that, let me know. The one where he was a con man, that was pretty good. I really enjoyed that. But Will Smith is built for these. I mean, he's he's he's. I mean, as a, as a as a. I mean, not only just physically, but I mean. He's really good in these action thrillers, in my opinion. Um, that's where I enjoy him the most. And this one was good. This one was, uh, it was kind of a smart sci-fi. And that's, that was one of the welcoming things. It was a return to smart action thrilling making, which, which I like. It had a pretty good story. Um, and we're used to seeing that with Smith. So when he kind of got away from that the last few years, I, you know, I, was, I mean, he tried that one with his son, but, mm, Hmm. That was rough. Um, I don't think action thrillers are Jaden's thing. Just me. But, um, but you know, one curious thing about this movie before I get into it, I mean, it was an action thriller slash sci-fi directed by Ang Lee. Um, and that made me wonder why they didn't release it, release it in the summer. You know, Will Smith used to be Mr. July, right? Uh, I was kind of surprised at that. And I'd be interested to see what the response to this film is because, I mean, are the studios getting gun-shy with Smith because of some missteps? I don't know. But I wouldn't, uh, you know, this was like a summer action thriller to me. I mean, I sat through the Rock's Asian remake of of um, Die Hard. That was earlier this year, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I don't know why. I was I was kind of shocked at that. 
I was kind of when the, the when I was looking at it and just seeing the pacing of it and everything, it felt like a summer action movie to me. But but here's what's going on in this. Here's what's going on in this. Um, uh, the Rock, The Rock, The Rock's in everything. I just figured he's in a Will Smith movie too. Uh, Will Smith plays a guy named Henry Brogan, and he's an assassin. And this mysterious operative is chasing him. And this, this operative can seem to predict Will, Will Smith's every move, right? So Smith learns that this guy is trying to kill him as a younger, faster, cloned version of himself. So some, I mean, I'm not giving anything away. You've seen the previews. You've seen the posters. They've cloned a younger version of uh, Brogan and, and um, sending him after him to kill him. Uh, probably... The reason this came across so good, at least in my opinion, was not only because of Smith, but Ang Lee directed it. You know, and Ang Lee did Life of Pi, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I mean, you, you, everybody knows who Ang Lee is. You know, he's got an Oscar for directing. Um, you know, Ang Lee does these films the way he does some of these films. You are—he's <laughs> one of them guys that you just all—you just almost seem like you want to say. From the visionary director, Ang Lee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's how he comes across. I mean, you don't see a lot of... Put put some... Put some... Uh, the guys in the booth. Uh, yes, we have guys in booth now. The guys in the booth. Put some... Put some uh, Ang Lee music under this. So here we go. You guys ready? Here we go. From the visionary director, Ang Lee, comes a story of an elite assassin who becomes the target of a mysterious... That music sounds good under this, doesn't it? All right, let's start again. See if I can make it through. All right, here we go. You ready? From the visionary director, Ang Lee, comes a story about an elite assassin who becomes the target of a mysterious operative who can seemingly predict his every move. That's pretty good, isn't it? They should have called me for the voice. What's that guy's, what's that guy's name that passed away? Fontaine that used to do the voiceovers. They should have called me to do the Will Smith Ang Lee. Uh, voiceover. All right. So let's get into this movie. Enough nonsense. Let's get into this movie. All right. Again. So there's some good and there's some not so good. It's not bad. Nothing is bad about this. Um, I know it's been getting crucified and some critics have crucified it. Some have not, but I'm going to tell you, ignore them. If you want to go have fun, see a good action movie, check this out. Uh, okay, so Smith, like I said, is he's built for these. Uh, to me, this is what I like Smith, Will Smith being in. A little bit of action, a little bit of sci-fi fantasy in a way, stretching the bounds of reality in a way. But one thing that I noticed in this with Smith's performance, he was a little less wittier than he was in past films. Now, I don't know if that's because of Ang Lee, the visionary director, Ang Lee, or Smith is older now and the wittiness just would come across like a cliche, you know? I mean, Bruce Willis st still tries to do that wittiness and it just doesn't work. It just seems like a guy that <laughs> should be way past, you know, calling people bub and, and hasta la vista, even though that's Arnold, but you get the point, you know? But anyway, these, uh, the fight scenes in there also were heads above anything I've seen recently. And that includes John Wick. Uh, John Wick is, has some probably better choreographed fight scenes, but in an action thriller, um, sci-fi, 
kind of sci-fi. Um, these fight scenes were good and imaginative and the way they, um, one good thing about the scenes is Smith comes across vulnerable in the fight scenes. Uh, and that's as opposed to John Wick. I mean, John Wick is just kind of this destructive machine. He's almost like a cartoon character at this point. And I mean that in a good way, cause I like John Wick, but, uh, Smith seems a little more human and, and vulnerable in the fight scenes. And he doesn't come across. We don't, he doesn't come across like I'm going to win every battle I'm in. And they even make it a point to, um, expand on that, which is good, which is a smart move. Um, but Ang Lee's brilliant. So, and, and Will Smith is brilliant. So I'm not surprised at that, but one good yeah, look. And the, and the one thing that really stands out is we know Ang Lee is good, uh, with that synergy between CGI and live action. I mean, you know, Ang Lee can do that. You can watch specifically life of Pi and see that. I mean, he's really good at that. Right. And the scenes, because of that, the way he filmed the scenes and the way the action scenes were choreographed and the way um, the impact they had on the screen, you can see Ang Lee written all over that. And there was a good, it was just, the action scenes were more imaginative than just somebody pointing and shooting a gun. You know, there's plenty of gunfire in here and there's plenty of hand to hand, but the scenes were very imaginative. And uh, I give Ang Lee a lot of credit for that because his fingerprints are all over that. But uh, you got to welcome back Will Smith, you know, to to the action genre, because uh, this is what he should stick with. And again, I know the movie is taking some heat in the press, but uh, I don't think it's deserved. You know, I I thought it was um, very well done, very well done, seamless. The CGI in there is seamless, and not even mentioning the the elephant in the room, so to speak. It, how they got the younger uh, visual of Will Smith and the current visual of Will Smith together. And they make it a point to put them together in scenes like touching um, at the same time. So, and that never broke down. It never, it never broke down. Um, it always looked good. And um, again, that's a credit to Lee because Lee, because oh, Hey, how, why can Ang Lee do that? Because he's the visionary director. Ang Lee, you know, I mean, I'm saying that laughing, but Ang Lee is something else, you know, like him or hate him. He's something else. I mean, this, this guy has some, uh, imagination, right? But those, those were the good parts. Uh, the acting in it, of course, it's an action thriller. It's okay. You know, it was good. It was, it was where it was supposed to be. The story, the plot was good. Um, not anything that you haven't seen before, you know, plot wise, but I think the biggest trick they pulled off in this is when you see the trailer and the previews, I guess that's the same thing, but when you see them, you think that that is going to be the focal point of the movie. And while it is, but that wasn't, it didn't come across gimmicky, you know, in other words, they could have made a movie with the same story, same plot line and not use that clone. It could have just been somebody that Will Smith had trained when he was younger. Right. But they didn't, they threw this in. And I think throwing that in there, they didn't lean on it too much. You know, I mean, it's a heavy backstory and I'll get to that, but they didn't lean on that, that quote unquote gimmick too much. 
So you didn't get tired of it and you didn't get like, oh, this is ridiculous. I mean, you really didn't get like that. And for people who grew up watching Will Smith, I mean, it's pretty cool to see him in roles like this because Smith always had that. um, He's very appealing, you know, Um, he's in his 50s now. I mean, they even mentioned that in the movie, but he still has longevity as long as he sticks to these type of movies. I I believe anyway, it's my take on it. Okay, who else is in the movie? Clive Owen, uh, you know, solid as always, you know, bad guy, you know, Clive Owen, <laughs> he can do anything. Uh, he was in, yeah, you might, if, for those of you who don't recognize him, he was, he's in this movie, he's in Children of Men, the Inside Man. Um, damn, it sounds like he's just like anything with a, a title man in it. He's in it, right? Children of Men, Inside Man, Gemini Man. But no, Clive Owen showed up and did a good job, very, um, Important character in the film. I don't want to give anything away. Important, important character. You probably saw in the trailer that he was kind of the mastermind behind this, this Vengali behind all of this. Uh, he was good. Always good seeing him. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was in it from the Fargo TV series. Solid role. Good. Nothing bad. All these people, you know, they, they carried their own water. Benedict Wong from Doctor Strange and the Avengers. Avengers, you know, all good. You know, I, um, now, again, I'm saying they did their job. I'm not saying that the roles were necessarily needed or something. So let's get into that. Um, to me, the only one of the bad, one of the not so good points is that I I didn't think uh, Smith's character needed sidekicks. And it came back forced and it didn't really add too much to the plot to me. It sounded like it was just because. And when you watch it, you can and I'm not going to go into details, but you can tell that it was kind of a formula thing. Um, but it didn't take away from enjoying the film. You know, I just think Smith could have carried it by himself, you know, but then again, I wasn't the director and, and Ang Lee has an Oscar. <laughs> so what do I know? But I just don't think the tag alongs were needed. You know, you know, when I was watching it, it reminded me, now this is weird, but it reminded me of Indiana Jones, that one Indiana Jones when he had the little boy with him. I think that was short round. I hope I'm right on this, but, um, I think it was short round. And then he had the blocks on his feet to, to, uh, drive the car. Remember that now it wasn't that it was necessarily like that, that these were kids, his sidekicks or anything, but it just seemed forced like that. I always thought the short round character was kind of forced and Smith's sidekicks eh, to me, they just were kind of forced, especially one of them, but you watch it and you decide which one that is. But one of them was just it felt like they were pushing that character on you. And it's for obvious glaring reasons, but eh, it's okay. And then they hit one of my pet peeves that I won't discuss because I don't want to give anything away, but they hit one of my pet peeves and I just leave it at that. <laughs> so, but again, this never, ever, ever took away from me enjoying it because I really enjoyed it. And I highly recommend it. Now there were some moments and I blame this on the sidekicks where the story bogs down. And I guess that's Ang Lee style, I guess, but I, you know, I had enough when I knew about Smith emotional Smith's emotional state. And what he was dealing with. But it, this topic kept resurfer, resurfacing. Uh, even as the plot completely unfolded. You know it seemed a little heavy handed. But it didn't it didn't ruin anything for me. But 
it's almost like they put the sidekicks there so Smith can explain um, what's going on in his mind and head, in his head and emotionally. Well, but, you know, again, you've seen that a thousand times, but it just kind of, uh, it bogged it down a little bit. It reminded me in Terminator 2, with that chunk in the middle where it was Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger just chit-chatting, <laughs> you know, and, um, and I remember critics talking about that then, but this wasn't that glaring, but it just seemed like if you get rid of those sidekicks, you could, um, concentrate more on the story going on. But I got to tell you, this was my summer action movie, you know, outside of Godzilla, of course, but this was my summer action movie. Uh, this Gemini man, I highly recommend going to see it. And if you're going into it thinking you're going to have fun, you know, Will Smith doing his thing. I loved it. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to though. Two movies I'm looking forward to. Of course, the latest star Wars, um, I'm a Star Wars fan. I mean, I don't dress up, you know, and all that, but I do like the Star Wars saga, except for those ones that we won't even mention that everybody doesn't like Jar Jar. But Star Wars, they haven't, what is it? What is it? The Rise of Skywalker, you know? So I'm interested to see that. Visually, it looks good, but all of them look good visually. So we'll see how it turns out when you get into it. Um, and I'm also looking to forward to this one uh, called 21 Bridges. Man, Google that. Look at, you know, that, that looks heavy. I'm not, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm not even going to tell you about it if you don't know about it. Just go ahead and Google that and go on IMDb and read about that. That's going to, that's going to be a heavy one. Uh, it looks good. So I'm in for 21 Bridges. Where do you see the cast? <laughs> you know. Look at the cast in this. Uh, everybody's in it. <laughs> that looks good. So check that out. So I had something that I would like to call a deja vu. Not deja vu, V-U, but a deja vu, V-I-E-W. Hashtag deja vu. So here's the deal. You know how on Netflix... They give you suggestions based on what you watch, which is kind of scary because I get a lot of suggestions for, you know, robberies, <laughs> you know, uh, vampires, uh, serial killers, you know, which is kind of scary. But I also get a lot of suggestions um, for kidnapping movies because I do like kidnapping movies for reasons I'll go into one day. It's boring, but, you know, I like movies with not a lot of people in them. You know, so I get this note on this movie called Kidnapping Stella. Okay, so here's how the promo reads. I wrote it down. It says Kidnapping Stella snatched off the street and held for ransom. A bound and gag woman uses her limited powers to derail her two mask abductors carefully laid plans. Okay, so basically. It's Stella and her two abductors. Okay. So this is going to be my type of film. There's not a lot of people in it, not a lot of CGI, not a lot of special effects, not a lot of uh, big outdoor scenes when uh, anything like that. It's just going to be dialogue heavy. Okay. So I start watching this thing, start watching it. 
And I'm and, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, okay, good. It's good. I'm watching the interaction between them. It's intense, and I'm and I'm starting to think, I've already seen this movie. I've seen this movie before. Okay, but it says it comes out came out in 2019, and I said, well. Well, but I know that kidnapper A is getting ready to do this and kidnapper B is ready to do this. And that's when it dawned on me. I'm having a deja vu. <laughs> you know, I think I've seen this movie, but I really haven't. All right. So the movie goes on a little bit longer, right? Now I'm only talking about 15, I'm 15 minutes in. So now after I get about 30, 35 minutes in, I'm going, I have seen this movie. I know I've already seen it. How could I, how, but, but when you're on Netflix, it'll tell you if you already saw it. Right. But I'm like, I have seen this movie. So I go pause the movie, get on my iPad and I got to find out about this kidnapping Stella. Right. So I start looking, start looking and I see it's written by a guy named Jay Blakeson, B-L-A-K-E-S-O-N, who also did the descent part two. Okay. So I'm still, okay. So I didn't pay much attention, you know, but I'm still looking, still looking. Then I see it down at the bottom. It says similar movies and it lists the disappearance of Alice Creed 2009. Right. And get this. Who is the movie written by Jay Blakeson? All right. Same guy wrote this movie in 2009. He wrote and directed The Disappearance of Alice Creed. Exactly the same movie, but wait, there's more. As I go on, now I'm now I'm locked in, right? I gotta find out what's going on. Am I going crazy or what? And by the way, I could still be going crazy. Then I find this movie called Reckless from 2014. Reckless even says based on Alice Creed. Written by who? Jay Blakeson. Same exact movie. So here's the deal. After I fleshed it all out, after we launched a core extra investigation, we, um, so in 2009, he wrote and directed the disappearance of Alice Creed. And then in 2014, he wrote reckless. Okay. And then in 2019, him and another guy wrote kidnapping Stella. So what this guy did now, here's, here's the kicker. Alice Creed was a British film. Reckless was a Dutch film. Stella kidnapping Stella was a German film. So basically what this guy did was ran around Europe every few years filming the same movie. And I'm, when I say it's the same movie, I mean, it's the exact same movie. It's, it's, it's so much of the same movie. I even recognize some of the dialogue. That's how, that's how bad it was. So in this 10 year period, this guy's made the same movie three times. And, and I mean, it is the same movie. I keep stressing it's not like it's very similar or, or another adaptation. It is the same movie. <laughs> you know, I don't understand that. Uh, he's probably got a good reason for it, but well, I, I, I can't think it's money. I can't think there's somebody in, 
I mean, I live in the United States and I've seen two out of three of them. I can't imagine if you live in Germany, you haven't seen, you know, all three of them or at least be aware of them. It was a guy, it was a guy on uh, IMDB that was, that wrote a review and said, now just be prepared. This is the same movie as the disappearance of Alice Creed. Now I didn't see reckless. Didn't see it. Um, but the disappearance of Alice Creed is good. I didn't finish kidnapping Stella because I already knew what was going to happen, but the disappearance of Alice Creed, 2009, I suggest that that's a good movie. Good, quiet movie. You know what I mean? It's only three of them. And you literally only see, I think maybe in one of the outdoor scenes, you see some more people, but for the most part, it's just those three people, which is what I liked about it. But, uh, yeah, this guy, Jay Blakeson is making the same movie over and over. And, you know, it takes a little bit to make a movie. I mean, it's not like he just, you know, put a couple of thousand dollars together and made a movie. I mean, I don't know who's shooting these movies over and over, but damn. But, uh, so anyway, that was my deja vu hashtag deja vu. So look, I've rambled enough. So what have we learned? We've learned that you need to go see the boys. You need to see Will Smith. Let's get ready for Halloween. Don't watch. Well, I'm not going to tell you not to watch Reckless or um, Kidnapping Stella, but watch them in order. Watch The Disappearance of Alice Creed first. We have some uh, good things coming up. Keep watching our Twitter. Keep watching our Instagram. Um, there's a big celebration going on in Cincinnati called Blink, Blink Cincinnati, B-L-I-N-K. Um, we're going to go down and take some pictures. And I don't know if I'll podcast from there because it's mostly a visual thing. But uh, I'll throw some pictures up. I'll throw some pictures up on the, on the web and that. I'm sorry, on Instagram and or Twitter. So keep watching both of those. And, um, and um, I'll put some stuff up there. And uh, hopefully Steve has some good photos when he gets back from Philadelphia. Uh, you know, he has some good photos there, too. Um, so, look, we're glad to be back on. Uh, Steve's going to be in studio probably next week. And we'll have a lot more stuff. Like I say, right now we are uh, presented by the um, Core Extra Media Limited. Um, and that's going to involve some big changes, probably first of the year, uh, positive changes for us. Uh, still going to be having a lot of fun and we can't wait to get to it. I want to thank the studio audience for coming back in. I see some familiar faces like that guy over there, uh, with the, with the, uh, UC sweater on. Yeah. The UC sweater. Um, see some familiar faces. Always good to have these guys in here. College is back in. So we get a lot of students coming in. Uh, we might be going up to a UC function soon. Uh, that'll involve some live casting, which we love to do. So, all right, I've rambled enough. As I've already said, hashtag, hashtag Deja View. Keep listening. Keep subscribing. Go to iTunes and give us some reviews. All of our international friends, welcome. Welcome aboard. I think I saw somebody from Barbados the other day, South Africa, Poland the other day. Uh, India. Um, have some downloads from India. So it's always good. And, of course, our legion of fans out in California, which we love. I got to get out there in Nevada and everywhere. We're going to do a tour one day. I promise. All right. Oh, I left one thing out. 
but um, I left one thing out, but I'm going to save it until Steve's in here. So there's a little teaser of where the core extra podcast is going to be in November. It's trust me. It's unbelievable. Trust me. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to the audience for coming back. We really appreciate it. Thanks guys. Talk to everybody later.